Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. You may be wanting to turn off this podcast when I talk about what we're going to be talking about if you haven't read the title yet. I'm inviting you to say yes to courageous conversations. And many of you may be like, hell no, Corinne. I'm not saying yes to courageous conversations. It's too uncomfortable. I don't want to do it. And I really want to invite you to consider saying yes, because it can help eliminate so much of the drama and the inner turmoil and the conflicts that are going on in your life, whether it's personal or professional. Today, I'm going to talk about how do you show up in the tough times? Do you hide away? Are you willing to be courageous and ask questions or do you gladiate and come after somebody and offload their pain and blame them and put them down? And it's all okay. We all do it all different ways. I can do it too, depending on what's going on inside of me. The other thing I'm going to talk about is we must check in and pay attention to what are we making this mean? What are we making what the person said mean? And when I ask that question, it's what are we making it mean about us? What's our internal dialogue? And then I'm going to talk about what courageous conversations look like. So I'm very excited to have this show for you today. And because again, this is something that comes up for my clients over and over and over. And just this week, I've had clients that said, oh my gosh, they're just accusing us of BS. And this is in a workplace environment or at another client where he was trying to get his wife to understand something. And so she kept saying, she just needs to understand this is the way that I process. Or, you know what? We've worked together for the past four months and now they don't trust me because of one mistake. Seriously, I don't need this job. I mean, how many of you had like, something has happened. You're like, I'm out of here. That was like, used to be my go-to strategy. Or here's the one that's always happening. I don't want to be judged unfairly. This is what they said. And therefore they are judging me unfairly. And often I come back to my clients and say, well, what are you making it mean? Let's get clarity on this. So those are the things that keep popping up. We have to one, figure out what is the story that's coming up in our head when somebody makes a comment, if somebody asks us a question and maybe you've been working with somebody for four months and they said, Hey, why are you making us do this? Do you not trust us anymore? And that, you know, those already are kind of fighting words. And then if you think, Oh, I'm bad or I'm not very good at this. And then how are you showing up? What are you making it mean? Really get clear and get perspective. There could be a whole range of possibilities It could be that maybe they don't understand. Maybe they're having a bad day at home. Maybe they're nervous about the commitment of the work that the two of you are going to do and has nothing to do with you. It has to do with them. And so if you're not willing to have a courageous conversation and say yes to it, you're not going to gain that clarity and insight. And I realize it's not all Cinderella. It's not all bippity boppity boop and we live happily ever after because the risk of having a courageous conversation 
is you may find out that the person doesn't like you. You may find out that you two aren't a good fit, whether this is a friendship, a work environment, you know, partnership, you may find more information out than what was able to keep you a status quo. But the good news in that is that it allows you both to free up space so you can move on and create other relationships with people who are more in line with you, with people who you are going to work better with. They don't have to have the same views and the same standpoints as you, but maybe there's going to be a better fit out there. And actually it's not maybe, there's going to be a better fit. So the great thing about courageous conversations is that it can bring people together and it can also provide clarity for people of, you know what, we're not a good fit. Let's no longer be doing this. And that's okay as well. But when we don't have those courageous conversations, we hide away the self-hatred that goes on inside of us grows and festers. We self-loathe. We wind up living in the shame storm. And then often we go into the swampland, we pitch a tent, we build a campfire, and we sit there and we talk about this person or the situation over and over and over to whoever will hear it, but we're not willing to talk to the person directly. And all we do is feel worse and worse and worse about ourselves. So instead we want to have courageous conversations. And I want to talk about now of what happens, what shows up when you have this, because, you know, people get so excited. They're like, Oh, I'm going to do this quote, really good thing, or this good personal development. I'm going to do this really good leadership thing. And it's going to be so fantastic. And I'm always prefacing my clients. I go, it can be, and also know that the pathway to success is quite messy. Oh, but I don't like messy. I had a client tell me that the other day. I'm like, of course you don't. But that's really the pathway to getting what you want. We want to think it's this nice, straight, linear line to getting success, but success is the squiggly line that's all over the place. So what shows up when you have courageous conversations? One is vulnerability. You are feeling vulnerable and that feels a lot like fear. You're feeling uncertainty, right? You don't know how it's going to be perceived on the other end. You don't know what the outcome's going to be. We want to have the guarantee. And I get that because I'm the former queen of certainty, but we don't know what's going to happen. So we have a tremendous uncertainty. We don't know how they're going to respond to what we have to say. There's emotional exposure because we're going to have so many emotions that are going to come up. And if you don't know how to move through your emotions, you can portray yourself in a light that's not so great. You can get angry. You can get defensive. You can want to blame somebody. That's all shame and disappointment. We don't want to act that way because it actually creates disconnection, but there's going to be messy emotions. There's going to be emotional exposure and learning how we can feel our emotions and then not respond to them in a way that's detrimental to the other person or to yourself. And here's like the constraint I always have is how am I showing up in this meeting? How am I showing up in this conversation? Am I showing up the way that I would show up when I go into my local grocery store? I really want to see the, you know, when I go through the line and I check in and I talk with the clerk and I talk to the bagger, I really try to be the best version of myself. So much easier for me to do this in a professional relationship. When I have meetings and meetings with parents, I really work on that. The areas that I struggle is when I may not have enough time for a meeting. And so I'm trying to get something done really quickly. It's never a good thing. Or in my personal relationships, especially with those that really matter, it's so much easier for me to 
get off centered. So that's my work to do. So we all have work to do. So I I'm, I'm don't want you to feel shame if you're like, oh my gosh, Corinne, I'm identifying with this. It's all a practice. We're always practicing. So vulnerability is uncertainty, emotional exposure, and then risk. There's a risk to the outcome. This may not work out well. This may work out well. And then you're like, oh my gosh, now what? So th- there's vulnerability. It often feels like fear. It feels the same way. And we sometimes mistaken it with fear, but a lot of times it's feeling vulnerable. Vulnerability is the pathway to connection. Vulnerability is the pathway to doing meaningful work. Vulnerability is so important. I live in California. It's like, if you want to go to LA and you're going to drive, most of us take I-5. It's not the funnest route. It's smelly because there's a lot of cow barns, but it's the most direct. If you take the coast PCH, which is often on television, it's a beautiful drive, but it's very slow and it's going to take a lot more time. That's what my metaphor for vulnerability is for me. The other feeling that's going to come up is also fear. There's going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid because what if they hate me? What if they think I'm too much? All of that, that drama that's going on in our brain. And then the other thing that you're going to have to really dial up is courage. That's why I call it courageous conversations. I often hear people say, oh, it's hard conversations. We have enough heart in our life. We don't need to create more pain, dirty pain, and calling it hard conversations. Yes, you have to be brave, but we're being courageous. And when we are courageous, it's not easy. So we are practicing courage. And I like to call it courageous conversations versus hard because hard's like, oh, I just have to do more work. And how many of you are just exhausted from doing more work? And instead, it's about, let's call it what it is. It's about being courageous and then allowing for all of this to be messy, allowing for maybe they're not going to understand. Maybe they say something and you don't understand. And so here's the great thing you can do. You can say, can you help me understand? You said X and I'm not quite sure I understand what that means. The other thing you can say is the story I'm making up in my head is, or you said something and I'm making it mean that you don't trust me. Did I break trust along the path? That's really scary because again, we want to be evolved. We want to, especially when you're a listener of this show, right? We're into personal development. We're about being our best selves. We're about being the badass version of ourselves. We're about being enough. And then you're like, oh crap, I screwed this up. My friend, we all screw it up. It's okay. So the thing is, is that you have to be willing to be uncomfortable and ask for clarification, ask for help and understanding and stay out of their business or stay out of their lane thinking they're supposed to understand you because now you're attached to what they do. They may or may not. And sometimes people need to walk away so that they can process it and think about it. And some people will never think about it any further. I've really had the good fortune in all the work that I do where sometimes I have people come back to me 15 months later and will say, oh my gosh, this conversation we had, I really want to apologize because I made this comment that sounded rather demeaning and that wasn't my intention. 15 months later, that just about blew my mind. And that person was really courageous to own his mistake of what he had done and then to be able to circle back with me. The other thing that becomes really important is that when you go into these courageous conversations, I want you to 
have clarity about what are you hoping to gain and not that, oh, they're going to, they're going to apologize or they're going to say, oh, I was right. And they were wrong, right? That's a power over. What are you hoping to gain? And a lot of that could be insight. It can be clarity. It can be understanding connection, right? Or it can be building trust. Like what do you hope to gain? Again, getting our egos out of, I was right. They were wrong. I'm the better one. All of that versus Hey, if we get more insight, if I understand that this person's not against me, we're just getting very defensive with each other. And then it's affecting our workplace culture, or it's affecting this friendship, or it's affecting my family, or it's affecting my marriage. And how can I get more clarity and understanding of what they're pursuing? So I want you to say, yes. Corinne, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to go and do courageous conversations. And really when you do that, build a container of safety. You know, I was just at a meeting last night and the meeting was done, you know, in a room. It was after practice. It was with one of our parents and it's away from the pool deck where there's less interruptions because when we're on the pool deck, there's lots of people that are coming and where the two people can share their different insights and how they're perceiving this scenario to hopefully come to an understanding. And that may be the first of a couple more conversations. And a lot of times we want to say, oh, one and done, right? One and done and I'm out. I'm so good at this. I don't have to go back. But what I really realize in Courageous Conversations is that we're constantly planting seeds. And that's what I've been doing here with the 600 shows. I've been planting seeds all these years, the past 12 or so years on the show. When you have courageous conversations, think of it as planting seeds and there's might be necessary to circle back and plant some more. It might be necessary to dig out the seeds and put in new seeds because maybe it didn't, it didn't actually grow, but I invite you say yes, be brave. So important. I said it so many times here today, be willing to be messy, be willing to be messy. You are actually on the path to success in the terms that you're defining of insight, clarity, and understanding. You're on that path to success. If you're willing to be messy, when we aren't willing to be messy and we're looking for perfection, we're looking for it to be, you know, linear that's perfection. Perfection is the birthplace for shame. And it doesn't get us the connection that we want. It doesn't get us the understanding. Instead, what people usually do is they, they leave, they hide away. Maybe they'll prove a whore or they're just going to come after you and gladiate. So be willing to be messy. And if you do this, you can build connection. And the other option may be is there may be insight where it's like, hey, maybe this friendship or this professional relationship, maybe we're not on the same team. And actually our skill sets don't work together to make us a team. And that's good too. Like we can go and find other people on our team that would actually be much more beneficial. So Having courageous conversations doesn't lead to let's live happily ever after. And we just have this intense love affair. Having courageous conversations can also mean, oh, we can declutter. We can work with people. We can be with people that we may have a better alignment with. And again, it doesn't mean that that person is bad. It just means that we're no longer a good fit. And maybe you're once a really good fit with this person. Again, whether it's personal or professional, but maybe now, it's changed and that's okay. And if you, the beauty is, is that later in the future, especially if you can end things well now, later in the future, there may come a time where you are a good fit and that's all okay. So 
go say yes to courageous conversations. Build a container of safety, like I mentioned, where you have the space to have these conversations. It's really hard to have courageous conversations when you're constantly interrupted by your kids or, you know, when if you're in your workplace and there's constant interruptions, because remember, it's really messy in these courageous conversations. And then when people come in, all of a sudden it can throw you off kilter. You don't need a whole lot of time. It could be 15 minutes, probably 30 to 40 is ideal. And give yourself that time and space to have that courageous conversations and practice it. And when you say yes to courageous conversations, you're saying yes to you and you're saying no to the drama that goes on in your brain. Hey, I hear from so many listeners how much this show resonates in their lives. If you're one of those people, you have to come check out Enough. It's my group coaching program where we take all the tools and practices that I discuss here and we apply it in your real life with support and accountability. It's just not a book that you're going to read. It's not something you're going to do alone. I've got you. We will integrate these tools into your life. So by the end of our time together, you are actually living them in your bones. And the delightful bonus is you will have a community to connect with, thrive, belong, and feel safe with as you all become enough. Check it out at howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. That's howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. I'd love to have you join us in enough. Enrollment opens January 7th, 2019. I'm smiling big for you. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.